Max, your source for Warhammer Underworlds and under 30 ideas that you can't fit under a Christmas tree for your local scene this holiday season. I'm your co-host, Davey, and uh, with me, I have the co-host who grabbed the wheel, struggled it away from us, and uh, are uh, taking everything over. They're out of control. I have Skylar, Josh, and Brian. How are you doing, fellas? <laughs> Loving the hostile takeover. So, so. <laughs> uh, for your context, uh, we are recording on the very last day of November. Uh, here's what we know about the game right now. Loon Court, the, uh, I think, are, am I understanding this right? They are, uh, they are night goblins. They're, uh, sorry, that's old, old speak. That's a gloom spike gets who think they're, yep. uh, uh, valiant knights and, yep, uh, noble. <laughs> Getonian uh, knights, as I would say. Getonian knights. Oh, all right. All right. We got they're something trying. There. Uh, and also the uh, uh, Universal Rivals deck, Fearsome Fortress, has been uh, sneak peeked on Warhammer Community. Those are the things that we know are coming down the bend, but we don't know uh, all that much about them. Enough, enough to be excited. Um, before we go any farther, what what are uh, what are people feeling about Lunecourt? You uh, you ambivalent, pumped, not? Josh gifted me Zarbeg's kits uh, when we started, so that's where i started at and so it'd be after uh diverting to dread pageant for so long right now i'm kind of feeling a little like um might return back but i, I gotta know more before i commit because sure. if i'm gonna do what i want to do painting wise i gotta enjoy playing as them yeah i mean and if you're gonna if you're gonna bring the heat at adepticon you gotta really want it let's personally say. i've uh gets have never been my play style or something that i enjoy playing but I absolutely love watching their shenanigans from across the table. <laughs> I love their squigs. I love that they're all just cracked out on mushrooms and just having a grand old time. So love seeing them on the table. Not my flavor, but love to see it. Sure. I love everything you just said, except for Snurk. That meant <laughs> that... <laughs> Goblin scares me. <laughs> <laughs> that goblin can die in a lethal hex. Uh, I, I'm going to say I'm excited to see Fearsome Fortress. Um, I, I We've seen two Rivals decks uh, where they've really leaned into this is what a universal, universal Rivals deck could be. Uh, I really want to see if they can keep that trend up. I want to see what number three looks like. So uh, that's what I'm pumped for. Same here. But everybody's probably wondering... Uh, why did you come here today? What are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about building your local scene. Uh, all the pieces that go into that, including uh, what we've done, which is have a uh, recurring local league, um, which may or may not be the thing that matches for you. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about, I, th I think uh, 2023 is almost upon us. Uh, we've got a new season out, uh, more accessible season than ever before. This is the best time to really make that big effort at building your local scene and uh, making making there be a place for more people to play the game that uh, we all love. Like if you're if you're listening to this or heck, if you're on this recording, uh, <laughs> you you love this game. And uh, so we're gonna we're gonna try and help you out and get more people in that uh, Venn diagram that we're all sitting in. Uh, but before we get to that, we got some community shout outs. Uh, who's got something for me? We've got the our own tournament. Our first Q1 tournament of 2023 is going to be 
January 21st here in Madison, Wisconsin at Noble Knight Games. It will be a championship event, so go to the What the Hex or Mortal Realms Discord in order to find out more, and more details will be plugging it along, and I don't have the details up in front of me, but you can check it out there, and we'll talk about it more. Yeah, Madtown Throwdown. Uh, come come throw some dice with us. Uh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out about uh, a new blog that popped up. Uh, it's got two entries at the time of this recording and at the rate he's going, there might be four or five by the time you hear this. It's called Sleek's Bowl. Uh, Sleek being the oh-so-loyal Griffhound in with the uh, uh, Storm of Celestis. Man, woo, I was mm-hmm. not going to get there, but I, I found it uh, right before I right before I uh, ran out of time. Uh, th- these are the scraps at the bottom of, of Sleek's Bowl. He's a good boy. Uh, <laughs> And this is uh, Mike S, who is uh, a member of our Discord, and he has too many thoughts about the game to uh, contain to just Discord posts. So he started up a blog, and it's one of those really fun blogs that is like kind of looking at the the overlooked edges of the game. Like what's what's I think he's got a post about a uh, Storm of Celestis, as you can imagine. Uh, not only that, but like uh, mixed with and this is this always throws me off because there's two universal decks that have uh, DD as their but uh, deadly depths uh, so mm-hmm. two two uh, uh, corner case things mixed together for one great taste uh, that and then uh, a, a, a kind of a love letter to jank are the are the two things that he's posted so far uh, it's awesome uh, and you should check it out and there will be a link in the show notes and if you can't find it there then uh, hop on our discord and you'll find it there too um, I think he's running a tournament. Anybody got details on that? I was going to say, speaking of Mike S and uh, bad segues, he's going to be having a <laughs> tournament out in Pasadena, California. Looks like it's uh, going to be in the January 2023 window, so keep your eyes peeled for that. I'm sure we'll plug it in the uh, Mortal Realms uh, Discord when we get more details, but uh, if you're in that area and want to throw down, go ahead and uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah, and I know his mission statement on this is to make it as beginner friendly as possible. So uh, even if you are uh, Underworlds curious, this is going to be a good event for you. So you should check it out. You would be both terrible at witness protection programs. <laughs> he states on his website or on his blog uh, that he used to be Mike guess, but a secret identity was needed to protect his family. Oh, Henceforth, Sleek's Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, uh, Mike S. When uh, the Corleones come knocking at your door, I I I'd say I did my best, but it wasn't very good. So it's the Wraith Creepers that'll be coming for him. Let's I'm pretty see. confident who he is uh, trying to protect his family from is the Chosen Axis Mafia, and I <laughs> understand. Yeah. Oh man, uh, nobody nobody wants to get the Earth shakes under them, especially in Pasadena. Oof. Word. Earthquake joke. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Always in season. Yeah. Speaking of seasons, uh, with the kickoff of the Gnarlwood season, uh, we have a community shout out. That is my nephew, Jude. Uh, he is new to the game as of the, the new box and a new listener to the podcast. So I wanted to shout him out as he starts his adventure into this game. I got to play a couple games with him over Thanksgiving. Um, and it's an absolute joy just seeing somebody uh, falling in love with this game. Yeah, buddy. All right. This guy was trying to win best uncle. <laughs> oh, there's, there's no competition. Is that because you're the only uncle? 
negative. <laughs> no, it's because my brother and I are fiercely competitive over this. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, that knocks out community shoutouts. Let's uh, let's run real quick with, through what the heck is going on with you and get on to our main topic. Uh, I'm going to start it off with Brian. What the heck is going on with you? I'm what I'm calling warband homeless at the moment. Mm. Uh, I've been running Dread Pageant since it came out and feel like it's time for a change and looking for my next home. I am struggling to figure out. I'm still struggling to come to grasp with what's good in this meta, uh, aside from Gnarl Spirit and Hexbane, it seems, but I have no interest in playing either of those, despite Gnarl Spirit being chaos. I just don't like Barbarians. So Mm. looking forward to Loon Court and uh, tossing around some other ideas I'll be testing out tomorrow. Tomorrow, league night, Sash. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, Josh, what uh, what's going on with you? I'm still uh, shaking off a little bit of the uh, post-holiday, I don't want to say hangover, because it wasn't that wild and crazy, but the uh, still getting into the rhythm of it since we, we took a week break. I picked up a paintbrush, and I continue to paint Vilmorn until they love me. Uh, but uh a whole lot of pain. other than other than that not a lot of uh not a lot of activity on this side i'm still racking my brain seeing what i want to bring tomorrow for uh league night as well all right uh skyler what about you bud well uh most recently uh just getting in those games uh, with my nephew uh over thanksgiving uh always get together with my family and play a ton of board games uh eat good food drink and enjoy good company so uh, that that's most recent and it was uh, a great holiday. Awesome. Uh, for myself, it's been basically a, a, a one week hiatus from the game, uh, over the holiday had the, had folks in town. Um, uh, and that's good because I, I needed to recover from my ignominious, uh, removal from the, uh, single elimination bracket. I made it to the top of the vassal, uh, league, uh, and then lost in the first round after mm. I, I thought I had a lot of momentum and then, oh, uh, then, uh, womp womp. took, took a, took a brutal loss to, uh, some Gore chosen, but it, uh, it was fun to see Gore chosen doing well. And I had an awesome opponent, um, really, really enjoyed the game. It was one of those games where like you could both laugh over the, uh, you know, the crazy dice rolls and, uh, kind of respect the good plays. Um, and mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's why you play the game, you know? Um, so uh, I am looking very much forward to playing in person. I've been working the last few Thursdays and I am going to be back at it. Uh, He's back boys. Yep. Duck, duck and run for cover. Um, I also don't know what I, I suspect as soon as we're done with this recording, I'm going to try and put together some decks. So I, uh, am ready for tomorrow, but we'll see. Anyway, uh, let's get onto it. The main topic. You guys ready? Ready? Absolutely. All right. So we are talking about building your local scene. 2023, round the corner. Why don't you build it up? Why don't you make 2023 the best year for Underworlds in your local scene? Uh, Maybe it's just you. Maybe it's just you and a couple of friends. Uh, We're going to try and give you some tools here today to find a way to make it more than that. Uh, And... Uh, you guys have been kind of the the catalyst for our local scene really going into overdrive uh and so i'm gonna throw it to you uh as far as what what are the best tips that we have for somebody who is saying i love this game i want more people to play it uh i want to play them in person because that's the most fun way to play this 
what what can we what can we recommend to make that happen for people? By no means are we saying that this what this episode is going to cover is a one size fits all for every uh, community. You know, different communities differ uh, based on players and location, what have you. Uh, we just want to give you guys the tools to come up with something of your own, and uh, we just want to see the game grow. Absolutely. Yeah, hopefully you hear something translatable, something applicable to you, uh, something to help build your tool belt out. Yeah, I, well, I love that uh, like tool belt toolbox idea. Like we're gonna we're gonna be a bunch of things, and then you take which ones uh, you think would work for you. Uh, and if none of them do, uh, hit us up. You know, come chat with us, and we'll we'll try and find something that uh, is better better customized for you. But uh, Skylar, give us some tips. Give us some tips on how to uh, how to get there. Yeah, absolutely. So you're sitting at home, you just got into this great game, and you want to see if there's anybody else in your area um, that uh, has the same interests, wants to play some Underworlds. So um, I definitely recommend um, getting on um, like your local uh, store pages. Uh, if you have, uh, if you're fortunate enough to have any local game stores or stores that aren't too far away uh, to travel to, to see if there's any communities um, that ha- are already playing Underworlds that you could look into joining. That's actually how uh, Brian, Josh, and I found uh, the local community here in Madison. They were hosting a tournament, uh, and Brian and I had recently. Uh, dove headfirst into this game uh, with the Beast Grave box and pulled Josh in for the ride uh, through his gift of warbands <laughs> to to Brian. Well, we uh, yeah, um, but uh, so when we started getting into the game, uh, the first thing was seeing you know who is playing around the area and places you can look. Uh, first off, obviously, uh, again your friendly local game stores. Um, but see if board gaming is happening in other areas. Maybe there is a boys and girls club. Maybe there's uh, like li- some libraries will host uh, board games in a- an area where you're allowed to be loud in the library. I know um, it happens. Um, but uh, if you can't find one uh, and you want to build one, uh, hopefully you'll hear some things today uh, that that can help you go down that that route. So first thing is going to be, you know, establishing a space uh, where you can invite people to to play. You know, at first it might be your friends that you're trying to get into the game. So uh, hopefully then, you know, there's some place that you and your friends uh, gather, whether that's your home, your apartment, mutual space. Uh, and as more of you get into it and you want to spread uh, locally and see if there's um, you can cast that net and get other people to join you. Um, first, talk to you know any local game store that you could. See if you can get on a night that isn't particularly um, busy from a scheduling standpoint. You don't necessarily want to go in and compete with games that are already uh, taking up an entire evening with a ton of or taking up a ton of space and has a huge player base. Like trying to compete with the Magic the Gathering player base in a friendly local game store on. Friday night magic night Mm. is uh, probably not the best place to start. Um, It might be a nice place to uh, visit and ask anybody if they'd be interested in joining in, in a polite and respectful way. You're not there to disrupt their game. Yeah. Well, you know, if I was going to jump in, I would say uh, you gotta, you gotta play it by ear. If there is, if you are going to be impinging on their space, like you don't want to be an inconvenience to people. Right. Uh, But 
if there is space to spare playing on one of those nights where there is a lot of traffic, you know, I think there's a lot of crossover with this game and, you know, magic players because there's deck building and all that sort of thing. And so if you are able to, again, like this, you got to match to, to where you're at, right? Like if, if on Friday night magic, there is also another 10 tables available, like that might actually be a plus for you, like play there. As people get done with their game, they wander over and they say, well, what's going on here? It looks like you got cards and miniatures. Tell me more, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great call out, actually. Um, I think the only risk is ever when um, uh, w- when you're not doing it respectfully. Uh, like, you don't want to uh, show up to a game night like that and expect to pull people out of their game. Be open to educating them about uh, the game that you're playing and be excited about the game that you're playing, but don't um, go into something like that expecting, you know, every night you show up to uh, bring somebody into the game mm. because it is a very slow process. It takes work and dedication um, and showing up consistently. Um, like once you establish when you're going to be somewhere, if you can get rhythm to that and uh, you know like for example our local scene was meeting on thursdays uh and they were consistently meeting every thursday that becomes something that um people can hear people can pass on like oh yeah you know there's a group meeting for underworlds every thursday we've we've seen them before we've seen them uh their plane or um the store owner uh can jump on that and you know somebody's purchasing underworlds from them oh hey you know we have uh, a consistent group that's how it you know, every Thursday for this. So consistency is key and it takes time. Let me, let me tell you about it taking time. Uh, so Phil and I, uh, were into this game since the very start. I, I actually, my first few games were against, uh, Eric, a stone monk gamer who is, uh, a member of the mortal realms network. Uh, most of his work these days is on dogs of war cry. He's a little bit on the story phase, uh, but uh, my first several games were uh, him playing Sepulchral Guard and me playing Garrick's Reavers and us just like brawling it out. Um, but uh, it, it became uh, me and Phil uh, to the extent that like there was a league that was going for a little while at uh, there's a, a store called I'm Bored here. You know, somebody was trying to run one and uh, the the finals came around, you know, the, the finals of the league, the top two people had to play and it was Phil and I, uh, but that, that was it. You know, it was just the, just the two of us showed up for the, uh, the final tournament. So we just had a, a best of three. Uh, that was, gosh, what are we on season seven ish now? Uh, I was like, correctly, that would have been like 2017, I think. Yeah. So a long time ago, uh, Phil and I, you did our best to keep a consistent night. Like, Hey, like let's try and have an underworld's night. Uh, and for a very long time, it was just, just the two of us, uh, sometimes, you know, one or two more. Uh, but all it takes, all it takes is being there on the right night, uh, to, to get somebody or, 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 uh, get, you get that critical threshold. Uh, and so what I would say is, uh, Skyler's saying consistency is key. And I, I would reiterate that, you know, like the consistency is key and, and don't get demoralized if, uh, if it's not happening right away for you, because it is, it will take a while. Like, and, you, and there's going to be that day where you just get lucky. Yeah. And hope, hopefully I don't rehash too much. Um, but I think just to be 
if it wasn't obvious um a lot of stores post like their calendars on like events or regular league nights they let you know that magic is going to be packed on these days uh so don't expect like open space um but if they have space to play they usually let people know what games are played when if you don't already have a underworlds in your scene and you got to make your own float around those days if you just have a friend like yourself and phil uh that just make an effort to you know go monday tuesday like not each day each week for a week yeah but like test out each each week night sure. see how busy each night is kind of see um what levels of people are there and bring bring a box with you play a couple games see strike up conversations just you know interact um, right i guess well, kind of on that note davy i've actually been curious since we've been talking about it how did you land on thursdays uh wow uh that is a great question i that actually goes back to uh the first place where we really got something regular going the uh the guy who ran the warhammer store uh vint who's actually part of our network now um we we kind of talked with him and he was very enthusiastic about helping us and we, we are uh gosh i don't know what the term is we are uh overly rich with game stores here in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh yes. Um, it, Spoiled. It is, yeah. Way out of proportion. It feels like, uh, to the, to the player base here. Uh, and so, uh, one thing that Phil and I did was that we, uh, rotated places like, all right, like there's just the two of us, but like, let's, let's make a showing at all these different stores and see if we can snag somebody, uh, at, at one of these. And one of the places that we checked out was the Warhammer store, uh, even, even prior to Vint arriving, but once Vint arrived, uh, also we, we kind of found the store owner that was willing to like, give us the support, um, and excitement that was really going to have us take off. And so if you have more than one, uh, venue possible, like scout them out, uh, don't, don't be exclusive to one mm-hmm. until you find someone that can really set that. And, uh, and then it became a thing of, you know, at the Warhammer store, there was a particular night set for 40k, one for set for AOS, and then Vint uh, tried doing a skirmish night, and so it was Warcry and uh, Warcry and Underworlds on on Thursday nights. And that's honestly, I, unless I'm missing something, I think that's how we ended up on Thursday. It's a great question, and I, that one that I was barely able to answer. Well, and for context, the Warhammer store is the smallest of the stores for play space in mm. the Madison area. Um, there's a lot of other stores that I frequented, uh, but I never saw an underworld scene there. So while I was playing 40k and all that, I had no idea where the underworld scene was. Um, it wasn't until Skyler got into it and looked for it that we ended up going there. And it, it should be also said, I think, to some extent, uh, it'll also help if you have a good relationship and the store is a good place. The store is a good inviting environment as well as the manager who are the employees that work there. I think that had a lot to do with our success. Uh, shout out to Vent. He was a, a member of the, uh, the fun, even though he was working, he was yeah. absolutely joining in and it was, it was great fun. Yeah. I was just going to comment the same. I can't, not all of them stuck, but I, I can't count the number of times that somebody came in or, uh vint was talking about somebody that he talked to about warhammer underworld so having a having a store owner warhammer or not uh that's excited about the game and willing to talk about the game in their day-to-day is a huge boon 
Mm. Absolutely, because people will go into the store, ask them, like, I'm looking for this, kind of that, and they might say, like, you know, does Underworld strike your fancy? And they're like, oh, that might be, and then they can naturally flow into, and we have a group. Right. You you want somebody who can say, like, if, if somebody, if a customer comes in and picks up the, you know, a, you know, the Gnarlwood box set, they can say, hey, you know what? I know people who play this. If you want to play against them, like, here's you know, where you need to go to find out more about that. So like building that relationship with store owners is, uh, mm-hmm. is a big deal. Um, and, and Phil and I, you know, basically shopped around for quite a long time. Um, and, uh, had, had some like good leads, you know, that we, we have, again, we have a lot of great stores, a lot of great store owners. Uh, and, it, but it just, it took the one that was really going to go the extra mile to kind of, kind of set things up. Where to next? Yeah, so Skylar, one of the things that uh, when we, you know, when we were playing, it, it's easy to be, you know, like I, I love this game. I love playing championship. Um, but you, you talked about like setting yourself up where people might ask about it. Like, so you need to be open. You need to be open to new players. You need to be open to just uh, casual bystanders. So if somebody comes by and it's kind of eyeballing the game, you need to be open enough to say like, hey, you know, like to, to look up and have that conversation with somebody as they're coming by. Um, you yeah. also need to be open for if you do get somebody new, like how, how do you hand and handle that? You get somebody like, Hey, uh, you know, like what is this game? Like, how do you, how do you handle somebody who just walks up, but seems interested? Like what, what recommendations do you have for that? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I want to jump into before I dive into that first conversation is approachability. Um, so when you're out um, r- representing your your joy for this game, like wanting to build this community, um, I recommend if you can, uh, if you have this luxury, bringing somebody with you uh, so that you can have a game going. Um, but make sure that game is interruptible. Um, so if somebody approaches you, um, you're open to uh, changing that game out for a learning game if the person has the time, availability, and interest to do so. Um, but about approachability, uh, you don't want to come off as not approachable. Like You don't want to be sitting there on your phone uh, disinterested. Uh, so having somebody there uh, could help. Uh, and you want to make sure that you know if you have a game going, uh, that you're willing to pull away from it as well. So um with that one thing to consider is possibly um seeing about having a sign like uh that says you know come talk to us about or feel free to ask us questions or hey we're playing underworlds ask us uh about it you know something um Mm -hmm. if if the store owner uh uh, is willing to let you put up a sign to kind of attract people's attention um definitely do so. Now that can be a tool to get the conversation going, uh, to get somebody who might not be the most comfortable with approaching, uh, just strangers at a table to have that very visual invite of, yeah, I, I, I can right. go take a look. You could even just take like print off your own sign at home and put it into like those, uh, uh, sleeved binders and prop the binder up. You don't need that much to make a sign. You just basically, you know, Warhammer Underworlds come talk to us about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I actually love that, uh, and that's not something that Phil or I did. We uh, we be playing, and the thing is, like, 
like we enjoyed the games you're playing. And so you'd sometimes get wrapped up in it. Uh, and we're trying to, you know, trying to keep that peripheral vision going for somebody coming around. But, uh, uh, I, I know me personally, like if I rolled up and I was like, that's pretty interesting, but I really don't want to bother those guys. They look like they're having a ton of fun. Maybe I'll just try and watch from the sidelines, have something up. Right. I, I really like that a lot. And if you're um, walking around a game store, you never know if these guys are meeting up for the first time in a couple months and they just want to be spending time by each other. Yeah. But if you have that sign up, then people are you know, more willing to approach. We don't have a sign at our league. Why don't we have a sign at our league? Let's yeah, use- we have a <laughs> monument. We have an absolute statue. Skylar vetoed my idea, which was to have a sign that said, ask me about my deck, because apparently that's not PC enough. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Alex has that big dice monument that I wish we could cart around, but it's like 15 pounds at least. Yeah, he he welded a uh, dice uh, or an actual like single die uh, that's then uh, cast to like uh, a prop to hold it up on a nice cylindrical platform. And he actually then welded in the symbols uh, for uh, that are present on the dice. And uh, he actually then won it. So, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) he put it up as a trophy at our uh, was it at our league? Or the tournament, or both. Either way, <laughs> it's it's the league. Like he 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 won our league, and then he won our last tournament. So Alex is the man to beat in our Sweeping. in our meta right now. Yeah, Absolutely. I remember him making the joke of putting it up as the prize for the league, and then taking the league. And I made the joke of, "Ha, you just don't want to carry it to league week." <laughs> he hasn't carried it since. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Alex, what's up with that? get at us so uh along with approachability uh in in the moment uh, is advertising yourself in advance if if possible so if you know that you're going to be uh at a store like when you find yeah when you find a store and you find a day and time and you know that that's going to be what you're locking it in that's where you think you have the best opportunity to get more people walking in Absolutely. And how to promote that is uh, so if you're at a specific place, uh, whether that's, um, again, a library or a store or a place that, you know, allows games to be hosted, um, see if they have an event page, see if they have some social media presence that they'd be willing to broadcast. Hey, you're going to be there for uh, learn to play uh, and the introduction to this game. See if that can be posted so as far in advance as possible uh, so that not only do people see it when it's posted, but then as it gets closer, it pops up on that social calendar that, yeah. oh yeah, this is a thing I can go do um, and even plan on in advance. So that could uh, indeed help you with your attendance. Um, and then when you're there and when somebody approaches you, we've already mentioned, you know, be ready to disengage from a game that you're playing. And that's that's something that we already do uh, uh, on our so like uh, our our scenes um, already rolling. Uh, we're really lucky like that. And so on Thursday nights, when we're all deep into the games that we're all excited to be there playing with each other, if somebody walks up, uh, any one of us uh, on this call and and many others uh, a recording call. <laughs> <laughs> um, what am I in a Zoom meeting? Um, <laughs> uh, but kind of. Uh, Many of us, <laughs> indeed, uh, are ready to disengage from the games that we're playing to uh, talk with uh, somebody who's approached us uh, or um, scrap the game that we're playing and 
uh, have a learning game going with that person or even inviting them in. And this is always an option, inviting them in to uh, watch. Uh, so they might not be interested in a demo game, but they might be interested in being walked through what a game looks like. Um, so those are things that you can do when somebody approaches you um, to um, you know, cater to, to that interest that you're receiving. Uh, something you don't want to do is to overwhelm them. Um, I don't necessarily, this is going to be reading your audience. I don't necessarily think it's a great thing to open with, hey, there's 46 warbands in this game. Uh, some <laughs> of them are really hard to find. And uh, like part, some of those like show up at tournaments and I don't really like playing against them. Um, so you're going to have to think about those when you're building your championship deck. Oh, what's a championship deck? Well, it's, you know, all of the cards that are available from the last two years uh, out of these particular releases. Uh, no, like, uh, uh, that even if that's the thing that gets you excited about this game, try not to information dump on them. There is so much uh, information that you could toss at them, uh, but you want to uh, scale that back and, and just make sure that the information you're uh, displaying is approachable. Um, you know, Rivals is always a good place to start um, or, you know, even just conversationally, just talk to them about why you like this game? What what sets it apart from other games? What's the hook? Um, and I think that's a good place to start. And then when you're actually getting into um, like an actual learn to play game with them where there's cards in their hands, unless it's a deck that you're handing them that you've pre-tailored, um, maybe you know if it's their product uh, or product that you can loan them, Rivals is a really good place to start, especially uh, product that they can purchase. Mm -hmm. So starting out somebody with, um, you know, one of the rivals war bands from the Gnarlwood box is a much better place to start than handing them as much as I love them, my Skase Wild Hunt deck, because they <laughs> are going to have more of a difficult time getting their hands on a Beast Grave starter deck or starter box, whereas right. Gnarlwood, you know, might even be in stock at the location they're learning. Right. You want to give them something if they if they happen to fall in love with the thing that they're playing, give them the chance to like pick that up right away. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. So and we didn't lose Josh when we introduced him to the game through eyes of nine. So it is possible to retain yeah. people. Mm -hmm. uh, despite the failings. Some people are are stubborn enough to see through anything, apparently. And I don't know if we want to add a whole nother topic of like what kind of hooks or how do you how do you handle this situation or deal with it? What if you got somebody rocking up like, so I play Fire Slayers. Uh, how good are they in this game? That is that, that is something we've heard before, though. Uh, yeah. People coming up and uh, mentioning a particular faction that they really like and asking if they're represented in Underworlds and, you know, how good that faction is. And sure. I feel like... Uh, being being open and honest uh, is 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 probably the best thing that you can do there. You don't want to uh, lead them to believe something is true that isn't. Like if you tell them that, um, oh, I'm gonna have Jason from Battle Mallet mad at me here. But <laughs> <laughs> if you tell them that the Godsworn Hunt is the best warband in the game because they're just so excited about those models uh and you're speaking from like a power level you're you're lying to them that that's not a, a good uh way to introduce them to the game sorry jason 
<laughs> the, opinion, always... the opinions expressed by Skylar are not the opinions of the <laughs> what the hex brand. Uh, They're my opinions, but, <laughs> but, but they but they are correct. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, you just gotta be able to be a little dynamic and think on your feet. You know, in some cases where somebody wants to play Godsworn Hunt, you can say maybe try an Arrow Spirit. Um, yeah. And. But for Fire Slayers, you can be like, well, are you a dwarf fan or do you just want Berserkers? Because there's plenty of corn. Yeah. Uh, And it's also a thing where like early on uh, the, I don't know, like the the ability cap, like the the ceiling on any given warband is not remotely as important as the uh, skill level of the pilot, right? Right. Um, You know, that's definitely a hook I would uh, emphasize is the skill of the pilot and that's where you can really like I underestimated uh the cunning crew and then uh my opponent uh absolutely thrashed me with them and I was just like I had never considered that ability being used in that way like yeah uh so what what I'm getting at is like as a new player like any uh any perceived like pros or cons of a given warband are going to be far outweighed by your your uh, skill level at the game. So like, uh, you know, within, you know, unless you're somebody who, unless, unless you're getting a player in who is like, I want to uh, go all in on this game and I want to like, you know, like there, there are some players who are like, I want to, I want to have the most powerful thing I can have. And that's, that's fine. That's a way to play the game. But for most of them, you say like, take the warband. You like the look of the models. Uh, and, has you know some basic level of functioning and uh, sorry eyes uh and then like <laughs> go from there uh, but i mean even eyes like we like we, we talk about that I, I joke but like ben had a blast at our, our tournament playing eyes of the nine i was um, just gonna bring that up so i have played eyes of the nine in a tournament in the last year myself yeah i just yeah. can't learn <laughs> and with that, you said that play the one the warband. You think the models look the coolest. The rule of cool is kind of the guiding light of GW. Right. Um, it's as a 40k player, uh, it's something I always tell people: the points, the power levels always wax and wane, and what is hot sure. now is not going to be hot later, and yep. it it's subject to change. So play what you love, enjoy the lo- the lore, the models, because that'll carry you through a lot more. And, and, and there are so many examples players. of, uh, so many examples of players who have championed a particular war band, uh, and found a way to make that war band competitive within, you know, within whatever environment they're playing in, uh, their, their eyes, the, you know, we keep bringing up eyes of the nine as a joke, but like there are people have done really well with eyes of the nine. Uh, you know, there's people like, Skylar, if if uh, we rock up and you are uh, laying uh, the Wild Hunt down, I'm like, okay, I'm in for it. Like, uh, and it's because you know Wild Hunt inside and out because you played them so much. Even if they're not like the top of the power curve, uh, I know that like you have refined them to a point. And th- there's there's that much availability in the game that you can you can tell a player like, hey. This isn't this isn't a power choice, but you can make them work. You can you can find a way to like make most warbands, uh, you know, do something. Uh, you just have to understand that if you pick one of these ones on the lower power curve, you're going to take some, you're going to kicked in the teeth a few times early on until you until you learn them. 
So, Absolutely. And, and some people may pick a warband just to achieve a one-time objective of Korn's Chosen. Yeah, you know, it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, Phil. <laughs> uh, but to uh to circle back to the godsworn hunt real quick um i'm uh in in my joke uh in my levity i am projecting uh how i interact with the game and it's important to remember that it's a game and uh the goal uh should be to have fun and interact it with interact with the game in the way that is fun to you. And that might not necessarily be the way that the game is fun for other people. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, try not to discourage people. In the example I gave, if, if you know, if that person really wanted to learn the game uh, because they wanted to play a Godsworn Hunt, the first thing that I do shouldn't be to tell them about how bad I think the Godsworn Hunt is. Yeah. Um, I'm possibly pushing somebody out of the hobby and I'm doing a disservice to the, you know, the Underworlds community, to that player uh, who could have potentially joined the game and and to representing my local scene by, you know, uh, having that be the first opinions that this, this individual interacts with. If, right. you know, you meet somebody who is really into a particular theme or warband and that's what they want to explore and that's what gets them into this game, jump on that, um, yeah. lean into it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Uh, I, I, you know, I think we're talking a lot about adaptability, right? Like we're talking about, uh, you know, this is, this is a game. This is a game where if you're going to play a best of three, you're going to be across the table from somebody, somebody for like 90 to 120 minutes, you know? Um, and you're going to be, uh, there's a social component, right? Like, uh, and so there's value in, quote unquote, reading the room or reading the person and like trying to give them the game that they enjoy, uh, get them into the game that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, like being, I, I don't want to get like too into parenting here, but like emotional intelligence is, is an important thing for you to develop for yourself, to be able to like bring people into the game, like understand what people are hoping to get out of it. And then, uh, and then like give them, give them what they're looking for. If they're looking for, you know, uh, there's, uh, Eric is, uh, a, a guy I haven't seen him around in a little while, but he's, uh, he's a friend of cam cam is our, uh, our local ghost player. Any, any further ghost, that's what he does. Uh, Eric plays uh, a lot of 40 K. Uh, I, I started playing him and this is a player who is like, he's like, give me, give me your stankiest, uh, builds. Like get, give, give me the hardest builds you can. I want that. I was like, okay, like, and he, he didn't say those words, but like it was as I played him, I was like, oh, OK, this is this is a person who is not going to be turned off if I bring, you know, the the hottest heat I can assemble. Uh, he loves that. Like that's that's where he comes from. Uh, and that's what what's going to get him going as far as playing this game. Uh, and so it's, you know, like we've, we've said it before, but like read, read your opponent and like uh, opponent, read, read, read your players and figure out what they want and provide that for them. Right. If somebody just wants to run at each other with Garrick's Reavers versus Garrick's Reavers, then yeah, you might have to play that game a couple times to sure. see kind of like where they want to grow from there. So to circle back to some of the, the practical items that you're going to run into um, as, as an organizer uh, for, for your scene, um, 
one of the things that you're going to want to do is establish a way that you can um, promote local communication. Uh, so for us, uh, we have a local Discord uh, where we broadcast. Yes, we're coming out on Thursday. You know, we we hit that drum every week, uh, letting people know we'll be there on Thursday, uh, and uh, our locals enjoy. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> interacting with each other over there. So that's that's something that you can provide uh, a community by establishing it and being able to point people. Um, hey, you know, if you're starting out, you know, we don't have many people there, but that's where we're going to start pointing people to, so we can get um, it, we can coordinate better uh, locally, and we can get discussions going locally. Uh, as your community grows, uh, there can be a lot of fun. Uh, witty back and forth too. Uh, we've challenged each other to games, to crazy ideas uh, through our platform, uh, just to taunt each other. And uh, even sometimes uh, when we don't taunt each other, Davey shows up with the eyes of nine and schools <laughs> us after we haven't seen him in a few years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, essentially promoting conversation uh, on a platform uh, locally for yourself will help organize um your area whether that's a discord a facebook page uh whatever since you're the organizer uh whatever tool you think you're going to be the most present on uh it'll be important for you uh to be available to respond to the messages that that come in from people that are interested as you're working on growing your scene because uh it is work um to develop the local scene and with it are some of these practical considerations like how are people going to get in communication with me and, and with each other where yeah. are we going to play we've talked a lot about a local store um which i think is definitely one of the best places if available to you uh to make that happen uh, but something unique to our situation that i wanted to bring up uh and was touched on was where we started locally was uh had a very small space that we could work with. So their yeah. space limitations were there and that isn't necessarily something you have to worry too much about as you start. So in our case, we enjoyed playing at the games workshop or sorry, the, the Warhammer store uh, here until we had so many people showing up weekly that we we had reached critical capacity. We could not yeah. sustain uh, growth. Yeah, um, I mean, the only thing that save, was saving us was that the uh, the Warcry crowd uh, kind of died off a little bit. Otherwise, we would have run out of space even sooner. You know, um, but that isn't the type of thing that you need to be too worried about at the beginning. You don't have to look at a space and think to yourself, "Oh, you know, this isn't going to grow to my vision." Like, I'm not going to be able to. Uh, house as many weekly players here as I'd like, or as many tournament players here as I, I would like. Um, that is something that is a good problem that you will hopefully develop down the line. Right. Uh, so like we were, we were already starting to feel cramped when we just had six of us. Um, and we knew that if we were going to be running tournaments, we were going to have to host at a different event or a different venue. Um, so we actually had that conversation early about, uh, having tournaments at different venues and they worked the event uh, worked with us on where those would be um so it was like it was a very early on conversation too so um 
at least for us, uh, but just having that open dialogue with the uh, store owner, because for us, it was about where we had the space available. The store owner was really helpful to us. And also uh, it, was, it was just everything else was right. The space came last. Mm. So Davey, that was something that I wanted to ask you about was when we were leaving or, or outgrowing the space at G, uh, at the Warhammer store. And that was a conversation that we were having with Vint at that time. What did that conversation look? Because I think there's a way to gracefully outgrow a space uh, and to do it uh, with respect to um, the place that helped facilitate your growth mm-hmm. um, than to just peace out and vanish one day. So, you know, I think a big part of it is uh, having communication early, you know, that, that uh, what got us there. And I, uh, before we even got to the point where we would outgrow it, I, you know, I was like, man, you know, like, we're so grateful for what you've done for us. Uh, And, you know, just, just, uh, again, back to, back to being able to read people, like being able to read the new people, being able to read the people that you are working with. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I, I think for Vint, if we had just, I think if we had just left the store without talking to him, uh, he would have felt pretty terrible. But if, you know, because we were like, look, like we, we're just, we can't fit here anymore. We have too many people. And honestly, it's because of you, uh, like you've, you've done such a great job of, of, uh, uh, you know, bolstering our community and then, you know, still finding ways to support them, which was, um, you know, include them in the conversations. Uh, like we continue to, you know, as, as people would, um, you know, come into our circle, we're like, Hey, you know what, you know, who's great about talking about these games. It's Vint, you know, like we're going to keep pointing people back to you, uh, even as we, even as we move along into other spaces. Um, uh, but you know, again, it's all, it's all that continuous dialogue, you know, like it, it's sounding really like, I don't know, uh, not happy go lucky kumbaya, you know, here, but, uh, the, the communication is really the, the key to so much of this, you know? And I think, uh, one of the highlights you mentioned was getting that conversation uh, rolling earlier rather than later um, mm-hmm. is helpful. So if you start to notice that um, that that good problem is on its way, that, oh, hey, you know, if we continue to grow, you know, and we fit two, three, four, you know, uh, five more people in here, uh, in our case, it was, you know, uh, pretty much down to, you know, there were we were pulling tables <laughs> that were for display only off the walls towards the end uh, and then helping put the displays back at the end of the day. <laughs> um, but before we had gotten to that point, we recognized, oh, you know, we're approaching that. We're getting to the point where we will discourage growth because we won't have space for others. Right. And so, you know, bringing that up early and recognizing that that was a, pl- a point that we could reach and talking about um, where to go from there uh, and having that open dialogue, I think was really important to uh, be respectful of uh, event and to making sure that the community is uh, not fractured by the change. Yes. Right. Yeah. hundred yep, exactly. percent. Like you want to, you want to be able to move to the spot where you can grow, but you don't want to, you don't want to bridges. Exactly. Exactly. 
and and that might just be the case of like hey you know we we're gonna recognize what you've done for us and we're gonna keep bringing in our business you know as we as we come back here so so some great ideas for um, growing your scene is to host various types of events uh, that's again how the three of us uh, found the local crew here in Madison was uh, they had posted a tournament uh, and advertised it early that's that's key <laughs> well and tell me tell me where you saw this advertisement at Oh, I was searching like Underworlds events in my area, um, you know, some degree of that, like in the in the Madison area. Yeah. Uh, and I think I added like the keyword Facebook, right? I was trying yeah. to hit Facebook pages uh, and I found uh, this particular tournament was at uh, Noble Knight Games here. Yeah. And so they um, indeed had an event uh, advertised on their Facebook page. Um, so if that's uh, available, you know, people can uh, simply run a search against that and find it like we did. Yep. Um, so um, just keeping a, a, a tournament stream going locally, even if it's just Phil and Davey showing up yep. day of, uh, <laughs> uh, making sure that you don't cancel that tournament too. Like realizing day of, it's just the two of us. It's like, oh, well, we put aside this time. Let's let's stay here. Maybe you luck into somebody uh, walking up. You bring your sign. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they see the sign like, oh, hey, there's an Underworlds thing going on here. What, yeah. what is this? I've heard about this game. Um, uh, so, so tournaments are a great way to host events that are going to be outside of that weekly night that you yeah. host. That's, I think, important because uh, we've actually had a couple of locals uh, Taylor jumps straight to mind where we hosted a tournament uh, and that was on a Sunday uh, where obviously we meet weekly every Thursday night and he was there for a different reason and saw us and went, wait, what? They're like, is this Underworlds that you guys are playing? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, I love this game. There's there's a scene for this locally. Uh, I sold all my stuff, <laughs> but I now know where my Thursday nights are going to be. And now I got to go get my, like, I got to go I buy can. my stuff back. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. I didn't, I, I was not aware of that story. That's very cool. Mm. Yep. Uh, you know, so what I'm hearing there is uh, not only like the, the value in running an event, because like if I have this event and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second, about like supporting that event, that's a way to like pull people in from further apart, further away. But like, once you have a regularly established night, uh, it's a good idea. And, uh, Skylar, you have done some of this, uh, where you have like learn to play days, uh, where you get out, like we, at the, at the point where you're doing this, we already had our, like Thursday night is our night and we're going to be at this place and we have this and people will know that it's consistently available, but there are still folks who are not in that circle. Like they don't overlap with you in that way. And so sending like basically exploration teams out to other stores and you, you've gone to, uh, gone to game stores in towns, you know, in the uh, 30 mile radius of, of, uh, of our city, uh, to, to say like, Hey, look, like there's this cool game. And if you are interested, there's a community available for you. Um, and that's a, like, once you're already established, keep that consistency, but don't forget to like occasionally look out beyond where you're at to, uh, to pull people in. Uh, and sometimes it's a matter of you going out to those places, but sometimes it's a matter of starting these events, like running an event, 
Uh, and I, I think that's a good thing to talk about now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with ex, uh, exploration events uh, or outreach, if you will, is a term I've uh, heard Vint throw around quite a bit. Um, I think one thing I would like to pass along to the listeners is because your goal there um, is to hopefully attract other people to the game overall, but very likely bring them to your scene if you can. Um, make sure that that is something that you're transparent about up front uh, with the store or location that you're trying to host it, especially if it's a store. Let, you know, let them know, um, hey, you know, we have this local uh, meetup every week uh, at this other location. Um, I would still, you know, if you'd let me, I'd like to come and um, still host a learn to play at your store and let them know about the local scene. Um, they, there's a chance you're going to run into stores that aren't cool with that. Um, but it's better to be upfront than to, uh, burn that bridge by hosting a learn to play event and leaving a bad taste in that, um, store owner's mouth, making them think that you're, you were just there to advertise people away, people away from their store. Um, Hopefully, um, you're, you're met with uh, somebody who has the philosophy of uh, people into games uh, raises all. Yeah, rising tide raises all ships. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. So like the more people playing games, the more people in game stores. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's been the type of people that have welcomed me into their stores for learn to plays. And that has felt great. Um, but it's a conversation you just want to make sure you have going in. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, and and there will be disappointment, um, you know, sometimes whether by uh, just word not getting around or even just a freak thunderstorm uh, the day of. There will be a disappointment where you show up and you make the effort. Nobody shows up. It's kind of like starting over again. So, like, we got our scene up and running, and then Skylar started doing these outreach events, and it's trying to start a new scene at somewhere else or just trying to drum up a couple and it's it's not necessarily you're not like sniping but you're consolidating um it's trying to make a bigger healthier scene and then those people still live in that area they were going to that store there probably because it was closer to home Mm -hmm. and so if they know that there's a greater interest and a greater group out in the area in your metropolitan area then they can bring that excitement back home get their brother you know a close friend of theirs into it and then it starts to multiply because it it does kind of seem to do that where success uh creates success and it 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 ultimately just kind of uh multiplies from there well i mean yeah you used the word multiply several times like this is the thing is like when it's just two of you it's just two of you but as soon as you get two more players, you've increased by a hundred percent your right. your group, uh, and that feels amazing. Like I, I can say from experience, like going from two people to like four people that might regularly show up. Like when the three of you guys were in there, it was like, oh man, like that. Plus, uh, shortly, uh, you know, right about that time, we got uh, Alex and Jazz uh, and and Matt at the time. Like all of a sudden, mm-hmm. we went from. Uh, we went from two to five to eight and I was like, eight, eight is, eight is crazy good for where we were. Uh, and that, that just like, it, it feels exponential in the, in the way that it goes from there. Um, 
and uh that just feels like the way it works you know like once you yeah. once you get past that uh, part, of, part of what part of what makes that feel so good is that you guys had the disappointments before like there yeah. and and every little bit of disappointment here makes everyone that you do win and gain somebody and somebody like every time uh we see any anytime somebody re shows up you know they come back a second time i'm always making sure skylar's definitely sure to shout across the game store hey you know good to see ya and yeah. uh, a lot of people uh get excited when they're recognized and are viewed as part of a group you know and it's yeah uh that's something that it feels really great after when you when you put the work in yeah and I want to echo what you said about don't being discouraged by attendance. Um, at these learn to play events, I've had varying degrees of success from uh, what could be perceived as utter failure, like going out there and uh, nobody showing up uh, to that freak storm he referenced, um, uh, scaring away uh, people who had been interested previously. Uh, in that particular case, um, the store owner let me know you know hey there there were people that were interested and i rescheduled um uh, so like i was there that night i taught whoever was still there despite the storm uh which was pretty much just the store owner and a regular that uh like hangs out there after like school uh so it was you know only a few people uh but that particular storm was win for me uh there were two people that i was teaching the game and and the store owner like uh and hearing him particularly excited uh about the game that felt amazing it was like um he's excited about this game that he carries in his store that he plans to um you know tell people about he plans to uh tell people about our local scene um and another thing i'd mentioned was you know don't uh, so a, a lot of the times your goal with learn to play events is to add people to your community, but be okay with just adding people to the game. Like, right. yeah. Yep. Never discount how much they're going to tell other people about it. Absolutely. Like, um, so Stoughton is, uh, much further from where we play uh, much is maybe an exaggeration. Anybody got a read on, on distance there. It's good. 30, 40 minutes from where we yeah, play. It's a fair, it's a fair drive. Yeah. Yes. Um, so expecting people to visit uh, a store in Stoughton to drive all the way out to play with us uh, is on a regular weekly basis is uh, a considerable ask. But um, if there, if you spark a scene there and galvanize somebody there, um, do what you can uh, to help lift them up and help build that scene. And maybe you end up with... Uh, uh like two scenes you know in proximity of each other satelliting each other that can come together for events um mm -hmm. so uh just be open to adding people to the game in general not necessarily just to your specific bubble yeah well, let's talk about that let's talk about events like what what uh what do events add to this like recruitment drive I think definitely uh, learn to play events are the place to start. Um, before you try and get a league off the ground, just make sure people know how to play the game correctly. Uh, that way, if everybody's on the same page on how to play the game, then they can go home and make sure to teach their friends and family uh, how to play the game correctly. And the learn to play events, uh, 
you know, you're already going to be kind of doing it when you and your friend show up at places, but organizing it and being like, hey, you and your friend, or you bring a friend from home with you or your brother or whatever, uh, just to get that started and get that multiplication in, uh, rolling. Yeah. Word. Uh, another part, another type of event you could throw, and I wish I could credit this uh, to somebody on one of the discords. Um, if you know who you are and you want to uh, ping me uh, and call me out and let me know, hey, that was you know an idea I started, you know, fostered, uh, is a release party. Uh, I definitely saw somebody out there who was excited about going out to their local store on release day as soon as they saw the date. Uh, the Narwood box was dropping. They organized with their local store uh, to have an, a release a release event where it was a build and play. So um, the focus, I imagine, was to sit down, be present uh, with the boxes, help people assemble the game. Definitely, obviously, assemble your own. Um, but then to you know anybody that you have to come out, help them assemble, uh, help them shuffle up, and just play. And that's something uh, Josh and I were talking about before the episode that we do that uh, already uh, in our own way. You know, we'll on release day rush to get our box and then bring it home, uh, get our minis assembled. And pretty quickly, we're on the, uh, the horn with each other trying to figure out who's available that day to sit down and play with. And, you know, we could actually structure a release party around that at a, a local store. Um, I think that's a really clever idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I like that as a way, you know, cause any, any season release is often accompanied by like extra promotion from games workshop or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like, that's a great time to capitalize on promotion that is, uh, being done by somebody who's outside of you, but also spending a lot of money on it, you know? Um, so, uh, that's, uh, that's a, that's a great way to sort of grab somebody else's energy and, and uh, divert it towards your own efforts in this, in this case. Um, Skylar, we've had a, uh, a lot of success with our league. Uh, that's looked a couple of different ways, but like, talk to me, talk to me about the idea of running a league here and uh, what that can do for a, for building a community. Sure. Um, so when we, um, found out that uh, there was a community locally that was playing on Thursdays uh, and we decided to go check it out. One of the things that kept us coming back outside of the great people there uh, was a weekly card drip. Um, So uh, this is something that's available um, in the organized play kits. Uh, If you're able to get your hands on one of those, they uh, do work for uh, keeping people uh, excited and engaged and wanting to show up uh, and participate. Um, if you have a friendly local game store that orders through GW, there is a chance that uh, you could ha- strike up a conversation with them on getting an organized play kit um, in your area uh, that you could then use as a tool. So I bring up the weekly card drip because when we first joined um you were already running uh recurring leagues and that was it was a very casual format it was um actually a format where um if you won so everybody had like a seed or a placement uh on a ladder and if you 
beat somebody above you, you you flip places with them. If uh, you defended your position, or essentially like somebody lower on the ladder beat you or challenged you to a game or sat you down to a game, uh, and you won that game, then you would just um, defend your position and you'd move up one. Um, so it was a very, and that was it. That was the, and then it was just run for like eight weeks and it was really slingshotty and wild. But the draw for, for me in particular, uh, was number one, getting out to play underworlds and having, um, like, because there's so much diversity in the way that people play the game and the war bands, um, like it's just fun, uh, to play the game with as many different players as possible. So showing up. Uh, to play with the locals was was awesome, but getting that extra card just for showing up, <laughs> oh, that that became a drug. Where yes, <laughs> and and that that became uh, even better as GW got better about making their promos like good cards. You know, right when when we were doing Beast Grave, because uh, you jump in at Beast Grave, and if you're playing at the championship level, which we were when we got introduced to the group. Um, I chose the route of buying the current season forward. I didn't go yeah. backwards into previous seasons. I also wasn't buying every single warband at the time. Like I, uh, I didn't want to buy Grimwatch, but I, I think Grimwatch had a lot of good cards. But I, I only wanted one or two out of there. Yeah. But they had temporary victory in there. Or it was some other warband, but it was temporary victory and restless prize were the cards I wanted, and both of those oh, were promo restless cards. prize. I'm just <laughs> gonna pipe up and be like, whoever whoever put restless prize in that promo pack deserves a promotion. <laughs> yeah, because the cause, a promo, so to speak. That's exactly what I was yeah. going for. Glad you picked that. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, so like when I was trying to nickel and dime, because the majority of my hobby funds were still going to 40k, it was like. I didn't want to buy every single release if I didn't need cards out of it and getting those promo cards, just the alternate art is cool as, as it is, but uh, getting those cards was fantastic in terms of like, wow, this is really powerful. And I just get it for free. Like, and there's how many more of these? How many? Like, <laughs> like, said, is, What's my next hit? Yeah. yeah. Yep, exactly. And I will never forget uh, how cool it was getting Restless Prize and Temporary Victory because uh, <laughs> they were such prominent cards at the time. And so not only to get like uh, a copy that you didn't have to, you know, purchase the box that they came in for, uh, even though I was buying everything anyways, um, but to like have this like special version of the card in your deck, it was really cool. Sure. You know, we talk about the format. We'll talk about some other formats. I, I, you did a great job of evolving what our league looked like at the time. We had that, and that was, I, th- I think that might have been pulled straight out of the, um, the Underworlds rulebook. I think they might have had like a. a yeah, I think you said that they had like a. Eh, this will, this will get you going. Yeah, yeah. Like here's, here's how you could run a league if that was the thing you wanted to do. Uh, and that was a way because at the time we we're like we want to make it so like nobody has to feel like. Like we're just barely getting more than us here. Uh, so let's make a format that makes it like, hey, if you can show up at all, like you have a shot, you know? Yeah, because uh, I think uh, we're getting into like design of the league, but that format is good for if somebody comes in on week seven, they still have a shot at something. Right. Right. Uh, whereas if you do a more um, like cumulative score throughout the league, 
then somebody who comes in later is going to struggle uh, to make any ground or, sure. you know, wins the next league. And sometimes they just won't even show up. Uh, so I mentioned before that um, it is work uh, building up your community. So you, it's it's got to be worthwhile work uh, for you. Uh, it's got to be something that you want to be doing and you're excited to be doing because uh, it's not something that you want to feel any sort of resentment for deciding to take on and um, uh, approaching a league is going to have a hidden amount of work. And it, it seems so simple. Let me just uh, set up a league. However, even in the example we gave, the format um, that that we were running uh, originally, like somebody has to track placements. So if they're right. moving every week, somebody has to have the master list as to where they're where they settled after you guys or after everybody met together. Uh, and, you know, as the games are going, uh, you have to hear like, okay, so wait, you you won that game first, and then you went and played a game with this person. So I need to mark, you know, that first game because uh, you've moved during that first game. And then that means that this second game that you played, the person that uh, won against you, well, then they now flip with you. So um, what I, that is to say is um, like tracking um, a league comes with work. Uh, and the more structure you put around the league, the more work it's going to be. So the more uh, rules and tracking and um, like the, the more fleshed out the format is very likely, the more you will need to track along with it. And somebody has to own that. And if you're the organizer trying to build your local, um, that's very likely going to be on you uh, and, or, maybe somebody uh, in your local scene that would be excited to take that work on. Um, yeah. I, so, and to that yeah. effect, that that's a thing that uh, I was really grateful for. And I, I didn't identify it. Uh, I think you did. Uh, like we were trying to grow the, we were trying to grow the, the local. Um, and it meant that, you know, I was trying to run the events and trying to run the leagues and also like trying to do this podcast and, you know, all that sort of thing. And then as it got bigger and bigger, I was like, Oh, like it was one thing to run the league when it was me and Phil and maybe two or three other people. It's an entirely different thing now that it's like nine or 10 or 11, you know, like as it, as it gets bigger and bigger, it gets tougher and tougher and you don't want to like fall down on the job because you could discourage people from coming back out. And so recognizing that like once your community has grown, it's time to delegate. Like there's this, there's this concept in, um, you know, in, uh, incident command or, or all that sort of thing. And, and Brian, maybe you know this, but like, like span of span of command, like the, the, the number of things that you should be in charge of is, is limited by a certain number. Uh, and as, as once it starts getting past that certain number, you're no longer effective. And that's when it's time to start finding someone else to like, okay, like I need someone else to be in charge of this. And I didn't do a good job of that, but, uh, Skylar, you did a good job of saying like, Hey, I had some ideas and I was like, Oh my God, thank you. Like I, you know, there's, there's somebody who's excited about this. Uh, and that's actually a really good idea. And like, let me hand this off to you. And so Skylar, you, you picked up the league, uh, with some new ideas about how to run it once we were more established. Yeah. And you could also like come to an agreement with like, if it's you and a good buddy or like if it was uh you and phil might have had a conversation where it's like hey you run the league tracking while i do the event and then we yep. switch off or something you can you can get creative with it it's totally yep. free form all of this is free form 
Yeah. yeah. One one thing that's important to know uh, when you're approaching a league is um, know your audience um, and know what the league is going to be doing for your audience. So um, if re- your goal is you know to very casually get people in the store and give them um, a reason to be there, then don't um, overstructure it to be competitive. Like make it very uh, freeform so that people um, are all right to um, show up as they can um, and and try to find incentives for them to return. And I'll, I'll kind of talk about what we settled on for our uh, local and, and why we went th- went the ways that we did with the system we did. Um, but that league system that we first uh, saw when, when we started joining the scene worked fine um, uh, initially. Uh, we, we outgrew it, um, but because it was more casual than our local scene wanted, uh, where there was just all of this hopscotching and um, somebody you know could come in on that last day uh, who was an experienced player and they could... Um, challenge somebody in like the top four slots and then they would just be in the in the finals for the following week if they won that particular game they challenged because of how freeform it was where um, you know anybody could show up on any day get a game with somebody in a high position actually you know if they were fortunate enough to then beat them take that position there you know there's you're you're talking about my plans Skyler. yeah no I'll, i'll i'll call them out uh cameron uh, is our, our local guy uh, Cameron I, I got a lot of respect for he is a very strong uh, 40k player really good competitive player and I would say an exemplar of competitive play yeah uh, before I throw him under the bus I'll give him a pat on the back uh, but no he's a, he's an absolutely brilliant competitive player uh, but that takes time playing the game and getting those reps in takes time and so his time is valuable so he saw the system of the league and he figured out that it wasn't required to be participating it week by week. You could show up on week seven or eight and play four games, try and slingshot yourself into the final four and win the event. So that's what he yeah. did. Like respect. Yeah. He saw the, yeah. he saw the matrix and he played it. Yeah. And we were continually getting more and more competitive. So Cameron wasn't like the 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 problem we needed to address or anything right. like that. Uh, but uh, it was a consideration that it was like, oh, we don't really we don't really like you know that somebody could show up on week seven who is particularly competitive and and land themselves in the league when we've been trying to create a assist or we've been trying to promote weekly attendance. Well, um, and and uh, my point being is that when we didn't want a person who just showed up who didn't read that to be there week after week. And suddenly somebody who did read it, read the matrix comes in, sweeps the event. And they're like, they, they didn't put the work in. How come they got that? And like, you'd have to explain the meta meta game to them. Um, so when we were developing the new thing, we wanted to still encourage Cameron to attend more uh, while also uh, giving the new player who Cameron would regularly beat a chance at winning the event, you know, so we wanted it to be even we're talking about the goals and how we structured the new event, but it's not to say we wanted to dissuade Cameron from attending. No, we wanted him to attend more. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yep. And and players like him. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Um, 
So I suppose without further ado, uh, I will give a quick rundown of the Lee system that, that we arrived at and we've had two flights with uh, so far. Um, and uh, yeah, it's so, so far working for us. And here we go. So uh, we, I'm, I'm going to give the rundown uh, without going into the whys at this time. And we'll mm-hmm. kind of dive into that a little bit here. So uh, at, on a high level, the idea was to get people playing games. So every week you could play two games uh, that were counted. And for each counted game you played, you got three points. So just playing a game uh three points uh and then if you won that counted game because you could play more games right but those first two were really going to be the only two that we counted for the league um we're obviously not in the business of discouraging people from playing underworlds um but if you won either of your two counted games you got an additional point so uh if you lost both of your games that week six points uh if you won both of your games eight points and obviously uh, seven if you're in the middle there. Um, and then teaching wins was something that we uh, arrived at really early on. This was really important to us that we yeah, wanted to. I love this, this part. Um, is you get counted as having played and won a game if you helped one or more new players with a learning game that week. Because yeah. teaching a new player should be seen as a win. Um, yeah, it's a win for the community. So um, after teaching wins, uh, the next thing... Uh, was challenged the ladder. We wanted to harness some of that energy from the previous uh, system that we were interacting with, where you you had these upsets uh, and these underdog moments. We wanted to add um, some electricity uh, to the bracket. So uh, challenge the ladder is a way for you to um, challenge somebody above you uh, in current ladder or like uh, placements. Uh, and then if you were to win that challenge, against them, you would score two additional points on that win. So a three-point win or a six-point game. Winning a challenge would offset two losses. uh, And uh, if you were the one that was being challenged, we didn't want to necessarily give you uh, any extra points for winning. The two extra points specifically went to the challenger, not the defender. If the defender wins that game... Uh, it was a design goal early on to make sure that we didn't continue to propel them. We didn't want runaway leaders. Um, so we'll get to what a defender gets a little bit later. Um, so that actually uh, brings us into tiebreakers. Um, there are some other rules uh, in Challenge Ladder, but we'll we'll post a link to um, this document. Uh, so that you, you can read through some of the caveats there. Um, but the next the next big thing to cover is tiebreakers. And the first one is unique opponents. So uh, how, how those tiebreakers work uh, is every player has with them a score uh, that is broken into three sections. Uh, so your first uh, piece of a score is how many league points you have so that's that's your playing games that's your winning games that's um if you did a teaching game those four points uh so you know considered to have played a game and won a game uh those that's where those will live but then your uh, second value is that first tiebreaker unique opponents and that third value uh is a defender rating and 
the reason for that is I wanted to pull weight off of having a single value uh, and start. I wanted to have as tight of a bracket as possible throughout an eight week stretch so that people always felt like they were close. So it was not necessarily about your lead score. Sometimes it's about how you're doing in those tiebreakers. And we'll get into that a little bit. Um, so the unique t- uh, opponent tiebreaker, just mechanically what it is, uh, is this is the number of different people you played, uh, count, uh, played counted games with over the course of the league. Um, and then the defender rating is the number of times you were targeted by a challenge and won. So this is this is what you get if you were the one being challenged. So you were already higher up on the ladder, uh, and you defended your position. You won that game. Uh, so that jumps into that third value slot, which is your second tiebreaker. Um, outside of that. Um, a few general rules included the fact that people could play their games outside of Thursday nights. Uh, and we'll touch on why. Um, another is that life happens. Um, this was a rule uh, named that we just named it life happens. Uh, it grants up to six points for missed weekly games over the course of the league. So if you ever missed uh, one counted game, you were awarded three points and that could happen twice. So if you just couldn't make it out a week or couldn't do makeup games in between the league day, which for us was on Thursday days, Thursday nights, um, if you couldn't make it out, that was fine. Um, and if you couldn't then make up those games, uh, also fine. You know, we'll make sure that two games over the course of the eight-week league are covered with life happens points. Um, and the other piece was. Uh, newcomer arrivals mid-league. Uh, if you had anybody joining into the league because they found your, um, your local group and they wanted to jump in, we wanted to make sure that they had a way to start interacting with a league that was um, already underway. So we would award seven points for each previous week um, f- from when this new person was joining our league. So that basically simulates you played uh, both games and you went 500. You won one and lost one. Right? Yep, absolutely. Yep. Uh, and so that was something that we would do for um, a newcomer during weeks one through six, uh, during weeks seven through eight. So the the set uh, like the day, uh, the week before the finals, finals and finals. Yep, and and then the finals. Uh, the league was too far along. And a new league awaits you around the corner. Yeah. Uh, we would still encourage that newcomer to, to come out. And we would definitely uh, still make sure that they had games that they were playing. We just felt the league was too far along. Uh, and honestly, what, what we found is like players that are entering at that point, they're just happy to be playing games. They're happy to be like showing up and like, whoa, there's a ton of different people I could play against. And there's right. all these different war bands that I haven't seen before or whatever. So. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, that was, uh, as quick of a rundown as I felt I could do on, uh, what our league system looked like. Uh, so now for, you know, why, uh, some of those decisions were the ways that we went. All right, Skylar. So what you're telling me is with this league, I show up to a game night at the store. I can play two games account, but play whatever games you want. And three points if for playing a game, three points if I lose four points if i win so far 
and then you get two of those games so I could score anywhere from six to eight in a night. Your your understanding here is solid. We play this for eight weeks, then there's going to be a leaderboard. There's going to be ranks. If you're ranked higher than me and I can challenge you, I get six points? Correct. Yep. Dope. So that's the way to climb, right? Right. So that win was six points instead of four points. An extra, an extra two. Yep. So then, and then if everybody's all tied, if, if we if we got a tightly packed leaderboard here, because like what you're saying is attendance is weighted heaviest here. So if everybody's been attending, everybody's been playing games, and you don't just have somebody who's consistently winning all the time, which, you know, kudos to them. But if you got a tight leaderboard, the tiebreakers are then how many different people I've played, and then how many times I've defended my rank. Absolutely. You should have done the quick rundown, man. You're doing great here. Keep it going. Cool. But what happens if some you know stuff hits a fan and i can't make it one week saved it i can yeah. just get a freebie uh yeah uh, up to two uh counted games in freebies just as a just as i was there in spirit kind of a thing i didn't actually win we just, missed you ah uh, tight 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 this was i i'll admit like you guys came in with this idea of like hey like we have these uh we have this thought about how like this league could look uh, differently and uh i had some skepticism not gonna lie um but once i once i took a step back and looked at like what are they trying to accomplish with this like it helped me understand where we're going and so like you've made all these changes uh to our original super chaotic format uh and what was uh what would you say was the core um idea behind like what changes you brought to this league like what 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 are you prioritizing by running a league in this way butts and seats absolutely so we wanted to focus on simply playing uh weekly games uh not only playing underworlds but playing with each other interacting with each other and including people uh in the league who couldn't always make it out locally it was very important um, and this is something that uh, we didn't initially have in the first draft. And uh, Josh uh, had a lot of uh, good um, feedback uh, on. And so th- this was quite the brainstormed effort. Uh, I, if I were ever to attempt to take ownership of it, I would be doing an absolute discredit to uh, Brian and Josh who helped. Uh, like I may have authored this, um, but they helped uh, design this every step of the way. And something Josh fought for was that we are trying to uh, get people into this game and build our community. We're not necessarily trying to say, if you can't schedule to be there on Thursdays, um, then you can't come out and play. Um, We would love for you to be at the league, and we would hope that being at the league and playing with uh, the community, if that's something that you could make happen uh, on the night that we landed on, um, we would hope that that would be its own reward. Um, so uh, to focus on getting games going, um, actually one of the fundamental design pieces that fell into place uh, was unique opponents. And that was something that Brian said out of the gate, he wanted to see in whatever 
uh, format we landed on was that he wanted um, the different people that you played over the course of the league to matter because he thought that would be an interesting way to get people interacting. Uh, so uh, go ahead, Brian, uh, if there's anything you'd like to add there. Uh, <laughs> I won't do the talking for you because it was definitely it, your brainchild. It just uh, promotes cross-pollination. Just you don't have the two buddies fighting against each other and like or you don't have the one person beating up on the same person every time because sometimes you get somebody like josh who's a glutton for punishment and he's just like no i'm gonna beat you you know and and or and uh, he's not and uh basically they just want to they're gonna try and surmount that challenge and kudos to them for trying but then you're gonna wind up if there's a disparity there you could wind up with somebody just constantly winning versus the same person um and vice versa we wanted to just cross pollinate and that way everybody gets to play against each other meet each other and more social so absolutely it had some interesting uh side effects too right because one of the things that we had that was a a pleasant surprise was when you had somebody who had kind of come out of the weeds a little bit like they hadn't been to a league in a, a couple weeks or so everybody was jumping on the opportunity to play that person and get <laughs> yeah. them the game to make sure that their uh their unique player count got higher and it, it never ended up being like hey we want to like punch down on somebody because i'm gonna get that win it was hey i haven't played a game with you yet let's uh let's it's been a while Right. So I think I that even, was a, a really cool uh, aspect that might not have been intended, but it still happened and was a, a really cool benefit. Yeah, and I even found myself where we can, we count two games, right? But you can play more games, obviously, and we're not restricting how much you can play Underworlds. But for the scoring purposes, you can help other players who maybe missed the League Night to get their games in you know, meet them at another store or their house, whatever, and play those matches. You don't get points for your performance in the match, but you do add towards your unique opponent score. So I found yeah. myself making the effort to help other people get their games in and got a little extra for myself. Yep. Brian came to my house and beat me up in my own house. <laughs> and then they played what Underworlds. Was it, <laughs> <laughs> it Clop Hack versus Fire Slayers? It might have been that, yeah. And yeah. that was the most celebrated. So like uh, throughout the course of the first flight with the system, um, as one of the uh, designers and one of the people trying, like the purpose is to prop up the local league, to serve the local uh, community. And so um, like hearing people excited about different elements w uh, gave me such energy and unique opponents was one that was just constantly celebrated. People loved uh, that they would show up each week and try to find somebody they hadn't played before. Um, and one of the reasons that worked so well is because the um, scoring weight was so heavily on playing games instead of winning games. Um, it kept the scores really tight from week to week. Uh, and the challenge system helped with that because um, we, we have a bunch of caveats sewn into the challenge system to try to avoid the people at the top of the pack from being able to take advantage of it uh, from uh, the fact that they don't have anybody that they can challenge to if they are challenged and they win that game, they're not getting anything 
um, super extra. They're getting that defender rating, which is that third tiebreaker, which actually mattered because the the groupings uh, were so tight week to week that most often the deciding factor in whether you were placed third or fourth uh, was because of how many unique opponents you had. And sometimes uh, towards the end of the league, you had people who had the exact same uh, league point score, the exact same unique opponent score, and it came down to that defender rating. You know, how many times were they challenged during the course of the league and were able to hold their own uh, against that challenge? Um, so the the tiebreakers ended up uh, working really well. And, and both of them, I, I think, is something that I, I was proud of uh, with how the uh, community... Um, were felt energized by them, like how, how they reacted to them and, and interacted with them. Uh, it felt uh, like like a win of the system. Concur. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. So overall design philosophies, again, was just simply trying to get us interacting with as many people on a weekly basis uh, that we could uh, within our, our local and uh, playing as many games of Underworld as we could. Um, I'm really glad Brian called out that unique opponent Um um, piece where if you play, so if you've played your two counted games, but somebody else hasn't played their two counted games, if you go play with them uh, and you haven't played before, like those, sure, it wasn't counting towards your your weekly points. Maybe you lost both your games. You win this one against them. It's like, oh, I wish this had been one of the two counted games. But at least you'd get uh, a pushed up on that unique opponent uh, rating. Uh, mm-hmm. So you were still getting something out of it. And that uh, it's a hard thing to balance wanting to have your your community coming out and still support the people that can't always make it out. Um, so like Brian, for example, he can only make it out every other week. So um, on the off weeks, and that's just because of uh, his work schedule. So on the weeks where he has to work and can't make it out to league, he had to go do makeup games. Um, so he had to find people that were willing to do those makeup games. And that is something that was cool about our local is that a lot of people were uh, were willing to do that. Um, but I will say that there is like an inherent disadvantage in this system for those people because we did focus so hard on community interaction with that a unique opponent uh, rating and people looking for games that aren't making it out might struggle to or very likely would struggle to get as many unique opponents as somebody coming to the store. And there's going to be concessions when you design any league system. That was one that we were willing to make. We wanted to uh, focus so much on like interacting as a community that if it was a little harder um, to get that second tiebreaker or sorry, that first tiebreaker moving in unique opponents for somebody uh, who was at home, we felt that was the con- a concession that was worthwhile. Yeah. It doesn't take them out of the race though, because if they are winning their games against other people in the league, even if it is, you know, two, you know, one, two other people that they can interact with, um, that's still advancing them in, in that front runner, uh, right. Yep. Score, score, right. Yep. Uh, the league points. So Brian definitely made it to the, uh, final four and definitely lost to illusions worms bat. Uh-huh. So, Uh, too soon too soon so i think we can uh also kind of consider the challenge mechanic to be almost like a 
an additional advanced module that yeah. you don't need to run this league with the challenge mechanic, but the challenge of the ladder mechanic we came up with uh, did also take a lot of uh, uh, figuring out how to make it work, how to how to make it not contribute to a lead uh, runaway leader, and while also making it a cut catch up mechanic. Um, it was the trickiest element to design. It's been through so many revisions and I'm still, so, I'm still not sure I'm hundred percent happy with it, but it works. So that, we'll, being said, we'll... that being said, if you have listened to this episode and you are wanting to establish a league that mirrors this league, uh, you can visit the and we will have a, uh, post for you that, uh, kind of lays out the rules. For the so. whole league outline, we'll have that all, and we'll have the challenge mechanic as its own box. Yep. Congratulations, Skyler. You have another assignment. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> You've given Davey enough. But I gave him the redacted clip, so. <laughs> Perfect. He has all the tools he needs. He's so proud. Uh, I am. I really am. Uh, I I think that's a pretty good overview on, like, growing your local community. Uh, I'm going to pass it one more time around the bend, one by one. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to contribute to this topic, uh, Josh? Yeah, I think the the last point that I really want to hit home is cater to your community. We've done a lot of talking about what works for our community. Um, and just from, from the very core of it, we have a group that meets on Thursdays. If you have a group of people that are willing to play Underworlds frequently but can't meet on any one given day, don't make it one given day. Go into a, you have your assignments for the week, and here's uh, here's who you got to play. Get a week, get a game in during the week. Uh, yeah, when I first started. Is, uh, a lot of it is just knowing what your players want to accomplish with a league or any other sort of event or tournament or something like that and making it work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I first started 40 K the group for some reason met on Wednesday and then next week would be Thursday. And then the next week would be Wednesday. So like <laughs> it was an alternate, it made it a challenge to, to keep track of, but it made it where, um, the most people could show up so that was the concession that they made and we were lucky to have thursdays work for most people but even me i can't uh right now i i would prefer that wednesday thursday or the alternating schedule so that i could show up every week but that's fine i'll i'll suffer good <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah as far as me uh another thing uh our, our community is also great. Shout out to Jazz. She would also, while we were there for the cards, she would surprise us with baked goods. And it's just like a double bonus. Like uh, just a great community. Like the different people that you'll get in there will add their own unique flair and spice. So roll with it. Like lean into it. Yeah. Um, whether it's a painting community or a, a community that's focused on painting, you can uh, work that into your scoring potentially. Like so roll with it or yeah. uh if you are particularly interested in, in the painting aspect of the hobby uh and you want to like bring that energy to your community and maybe host uh painting nights um that's something that's like uh, uniquely really interesting that 
we, we don't actually do in our area, but um, I think it is super cool. Yeah, you can also, uh, the way you weight your prizes, you know, we also, we still do have at the end of the league, uh, the painting competition uh, for the golden demon card in the organized play kit. So at the end of the league, no matter if you're in the top half or bottom half of the leaderboard, everybody puts their models out and the golden demon goes to the per- the war band with the highest amount of votes uh, by yeah. popular vote. So that's still a factor in there. You could make it where I I could imagine you throw a point on each week if you've made painting progress on your models, like on Ooh, your warband. I like that. So yeah, you could do that too. Yeah, and and that's a whole nother conversation is like how you choose to incentivize your events. Like we, uh, when we run an event, we're we're often in the mindset of like let's get as many people who are underworld curious as we can get, and for that effect what we're going to do is rather than have like one really big prize for someone who's at the top we want to make it so that you feel like hey i'm going to join this event uh i know i'm not going to win because i'm super new uh but you know it's like in this last one we had um rivals universal rivals decks um courtesy of alex gonzalez uh brought them up for us um but we had like deadly depths and we had illusionary might uh, and it was like, you can, you know, I'm new to this. Let me expand what I can do. Uh, like, like let's provide some incentives for the people who I think that they are unlikely to win this event, but like, let's give them something to, to feel like they might look forward to at the end of it, you know? And I'm kind of surprised that we overlooked this, but, uh, talking about incentives, we also just put up, we put our money where our mouth was me and Skylar, we like we, I think we all contributed to buying essentials packs and just carrying them around and sure. handing them out to new players. If somebody played the game and we felt they had a genuine interest in it, those essential packs, they're evergreen. It's an excellent place where, you know, there's always going to be cards for them to use there. Yeah. Um, and doling those out always put a huge smile on people's faces and yeah. we saw a lot of them come back. I think yeah. these days I'd probably be throwing uh, like if, if I were just starting uh, now, because uh, that was back before Nemesis uh, came out, I think I'd I'd probably give and carry like Nemesis packs. Um, I'm really happy that Essentials was this evergreen product that it was so easy to to throw at people that were interested in the game. But uh, I think if you're starting your collection, I, it's still perfect. Like if you're getting a brand new person in there, I think it's still just as as good. Yeah. Um. I and um. Another thing is don't. Um, underestimate the value of a door prize um, yeah. whenever you can uh, for events, you know, if, uh, if within means if possible, um, try to uh, give something out just for showing up, uh, try to just raffle uh, something where, you know, you stick everybody's name in a hat and draw somebody out. So it didn't matter that they were skillful uh, at that event. It was, you know, just because they showed up. Um, you got a chance. Yep. Good sportsmanship always a great thing to highlight um that's the type of thing that we want to build in the community and and prop up um for our next league as an example uh we're planning on doing so eight week league so every week we're going to raffle off one of the um eight of the uh uh, what are they the double-sided tokens there's acrylic yeah acrylic uh stagger uh stagger and guard tokens uh, that came in the organized play kit this time around. Uh, there's exactly eight in that kit. So we'll raffle one of those off uh, just for people that showed up. 
uh, each day of the league. And then the final four are going to get the, uh, that go into the finals week. Uh, they're going to get the deck boxes of which there are four in the organized play kit. And then a trope. I gotta get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a nice glass trophy to the, to the winner of the finals. So yeah. that that's one way uh, that we're divvying out uh, our organized play kit that I think works uh, is going to work really well. In the meantime, we're uh, drip feeding um, the alternate art cards uh, yeah. out to our locals as they uh, show up on Thursdays because um, we didn't really want to kick off a league during the holiday season. So be mindful yeah. of things like that, like trying yeah. to start a league going into Thanksgiving or you know going into November. Not not a great idea. Um, yeah, and like. Be, be aware that during the summer, people just randomly take holidays or be gone for a month. Uh, <coughs> Davey. Uh, <laughs> and so there's going to be people who wax and wane during the summertime. But usually during the school year, you can rely on people being there because everybody kind of gets into a groove, especially with kids. And whether they're in school, university themselves, or they have kids and they're in that just kind of grinding it out week to week. That's what makes a league... Uh, League makes life bearable then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we've gone once around the horn. I'm going to give it one more time. Anybody got any last thoughts before we start to close this thing out? Get out there and do it. All <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Hearing no more, I'm going to say uh, if you have thoughts on this matter, you should let us know. Uh, the best way is at our Discord, and there is a link in the show notes. Uh, or you can talk to us at, at WTHCast on Twitter or whatthehexcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to see more of what the Mortal Realms network has to offer, you can go to the mortalrealms.com. Our uh, podcasts are all uh, archived right there. You can look through any of them if you want to go through the historical record and uh, present me with contradictions with what I have uh, said in the past. Um, otherwise, uh Tune in next week or the week after or that. We normally come out every two weeks. Uh, we know that the Loon Court is coming out sometime soon. We promise whenever they drop, we are going to have stuff on the day of release. You can check that out again at the website previously mentioned or uh, or you can just listen to whatever we drop audio-wise. Um, coming up soon, obviously we'll cover the Loon Court when they release. Obviously we'll cover... Uh, the fearsome fortress. Obviously, we'll cover the fearsome fortress when that releases. Uh, but uh, outside of that, we are uh starting to open it up as far as uh, what we have available. So, but before we close out, we have some of our regular uh, segments, and for once, I'm going to be on the other side of this uh equation, which terrifies me to no end, Skylar. Do you have a flavor text quiz for us before we close out? I do. Oh, dear. All right. So the flavor text here is addendum one. First, get your foot in the door. Oh. Right. I'm, I'm going to say this sounds very... Uh, is this a universal? No. Well, no. Is it, 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 sounds, uh, it sounds very um, uh, Caradron Skylords. It is. Uh, it's, yeah. it's even Overlords. got them... Oh, goodness it's something positions isn't it 
Oh, solid positions? No. Oh, you got it. It is oh. solid position. Ah, I was Brian, so close. Dirty dog. <laughs> it is a Daring right. Del, uh, Daring Delvers Universal. All right. Uh, I do want to ask for uh, any feedback for a idea I've been having. I've been wanting to do a debate episode on a topic. So a couple ideas. How many pings are healthy for the game? Uh, or what to do with the old war bands? Do we rotate them out? Do we ask GW for errata cards and what to go, what to do there? Uh, any ideas, any feedback? Uh, let me know. I this... want to get something rolling there. This is a great point. Uh, we've been in touch with the uh, uh, late, great uh, Chatting Crit podcast, and uh, mm-hmm. we are going to co-opt their amazing idea, which is to force one of us into uh, an opinion for and one of us in an opinion against. And we will talk uh, about the sort of subjects that Brian has been talking about. Like, Yeah, you, you participated in uh, such great debates. I think there was one on, uh, are large fighters good for the game? <laughs> yeah. And the other one was the uh, to the end meta, is it healthy for the game? Yeah, 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 exactly. It was not. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Disagree. Uh, but that's why you're going to tune in. Uh, yes. So... Uh, uh, Mike Carlin and his uh, cool crew has uh, given us a thumbs up to co-op their uh, very good idea. And we are going to try and uh, adapt that uh, and come at you with some of that. So uh, coming up, we'll cover anything that's coming up new. Uh, also, anything that's rad and deserves debate. Um, that's it. Uh, Skylar, this is your show. You got any recommended listening for us? All right. The recommended listening for today's episode is Something Big by Sean Mendez, uh, akin to the local that I hope you are able to build. God, that was so smooth. It's like you just were so natural at that. It's amazing. It's just buttery. <laughs> for what the heck's I've been Davey. And I've been a train wreck. I mean, Skyler. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Brian. And I've been Josh. I'll, uh, I'll jump in. So the first thing that you're going to want to do, uh, if you don't, if uh, <laughs> stumbling, perfect. Starting out strong here. Yeah. Uh, Take it again from the top. Okay. Uh, I'll... <laughs> I've got some. Get it out. Can I get it out? Can I throw in some disclaimers? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say, you know, one win. I. I would be comfortable cutting that little bit there. <laughs> okay. Ed- editing over. Jumping back editing. in. <laughs> uh, Davey, you're a wizard. <laughs> Which I think is good that we've focused on it as much as we have already. Um, mm-hmm. Really, that's the key. Like, maybe you suck. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the case that you suck. Oh. I'm back. And I'm thinking about how Davey has like a two day turnaround on this. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I feel terrible. I no, it's fine. Uh, Just a monster. No. Some people suck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, phenomenal. <laughs> Well, Josh, you, you you haven't been talking much, but you gave me the after credits. And- <laughs> yeah, there it is. Nailed it. Excellent. It's kind of like I've been here. All right. And then if you're ranked higher than me, I can. Have we gotten into the challenges yet? Yes. Oh, okay. There's more editing. All right. Uh, You guys are monsters. (laughs) So, and then. Here we go. One, two. Just like. uh... (laughs) What what is the countdown? Is the countdown for somebody that is not me? Because I don't need a countdown. He thinks this is way more formal. Oh, my God. All right. Well, right, at least me, this is me, just one chunk, right? Okay. I'm going to yeah. recommend the final countdown. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you can recommend something, but it might be the final countdown. So. Would you? Would you lead me back in? All right. 